Welcome to Story and Horse, a podcast where we hear stories from creative lives. Meet new people, hear about their challenges and triumphs, and get inspired to move forward with your creativity. Now here's your host, Hilary Adams. Hello, thanks for joining us here on the Story and Horse podcast. I'm Hilary Adams, founder of Story and Horse. Story and Horse is all about empowering people to design and live a creative life they love. Here on the podcast, we enjoy stories from creative lives. And today I'm so excited. We have with us Matthew Arkin. Matthew um, wears many hats. He's an actor, author, acting teacher, co-hosts a podcast with his brother where they talk about movies. And um, most recently, he is now a booze entrepreneur that we are going to get to hear all about. So welcome, Matthew. Thank you so much for joining us here today. It's great to see you again, Hillary. And uh, I actually even wear more hats than that because I've gotten bald since the last time we hung out together. So I, I have to wear hats all the time now. Um. He has again. many, many hats. Yeah. And, you, and you like hats, if I remember. I remember trying on hats in the rehearsal room. I do like so. it. Yeah, that was that was a fun part of that show, getting to wear the, you know, everybody just wears a baseball cap now. Yeah. You know? And uh, that play took place in, what, 1938, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, so we got to wear, we got to wear fun hats. We're like talking that. about Moonlight and Magnolias, which is a show that um, Manhattan Theater Club put on. Um, so let's begin with who you are. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you're up to. I know you've got a bunch of different projects going on. Who I am. That's always such a strange question because- Who it, are you? It, it, who am I? It, it keeps changing. Um, you know, I, I I started out as a, as a very young boy, as an actor, uh, come from a theatrical and film family and started working as an actor actually when I was eight years old, uh, and then took a, a detour in, uh, after college, went to law school and practiced law for five years and hated it because I think if you grow up in the circus, you, you, you can't really run away, uh, in, in, uh, I guess in some families, people run away and join the circus. I I ran away from the circus and couldn't escape. Uh, So I came back uh, after five years of practicing law and started acting again. Um, But uh, I was really fortunate in, um, you know, from my, from my dad learning that there's so much downtime as an actor where you're not, where you're waiting for other people to hire you all the time as an actor. Uh, and if you've got any kind of uh, creative drive, you can go a little crazy sitting around waiting for those events to happen. Um, and uh, so I, I learned from him and from my, my mom to start using that time uh, first when I was on tour and had all my days free for months on end, because you're in a different city every couple of weeks, uh, I started writing, uh, and wrote a, a suspense novel and then, um, just finding things to keep myself occupied when to keep creativity moving when nothing else is going on. Uh, I started, uh, I fell into teaching, um, uh, starting as a, as an acting teacher because I was meeting somebody at the school that I had studied at for lunch, 
And the director of the school walked through the lobby and saw me there and said, what are you doing here? You're not, you're not taking classes. And I said, no, I'm, I'm meeting a friend for lunch. And he said, you want to teach here? And I thought, oh, okay. okay, Because um, you're always looking for ways to make a living between jobs. Uh, so I started teaching that way. And that has evolved over the course of, uh, I guess, 14 years now. That was 14 years ago. Now I'm an adjunct professor at Dodge Film School at Chapman University. That started six years ago, teaching film production classes, something I never expected myself to be doing. Um, and then um, this new venture, so writing, teaching, um, I run a program at South Coast Repertory out here. I run their adult ed, ed program in the summer, their full-time adult education program. Um, and uh, and then uh, about two years ago was messing around in the kitchen because my dad kept hawking me about some recipe he had heard about that you could do with booze. And, and he wouldn't leave me alone and the pandemic was getting moving. And so I started messing around with this and um, a buddy of mine tasted it. A buddy of mine who doesn't drink really tasted it and fell in love with it and basically looked at me and said, you know, we have to market this because I don't really, there isn't stuff out there that I like to drink and I like this. So the only way I'm going to be able to drink it is if we make it. Uh, and we brought another friend of mine in from college to partner with us, and we're getting ready to launch now. We're starting our investor round, talking to investors and raising the money to launch it. We've acquired the trademarks. Um, our liquor license application is in process, and uh, we'll probably bottles will probably be rolling off the line in the spring. And it's called Batch Twenty Two. It's called, it's called Batch Twenty Two, which is a bit of a tip of the hat to my dad, um, who was from Catch-22, where uh, we had a different name for it and we couldn't get the trademark on it. So we were sitting around saying, what are, you know, what are we going to call this? And we realized we'd had, we'd made 22 batches of it trying to get the flavor profile right. And I said, well, why, this is the 22nd batch. Why not batch 22? So it's only one letter off of Catch-22. So what the heck? So it worked out well. And what's uh, in case people are already interested in checking that out? What's the website where they can uh, go? The website is Drink Batch Twenty Two, <laughs> which is what everybody should be doing. <laughs> which is the verb of this? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the call to action right there. That's Drink the Batch Twenty Two. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So do you have a story that's related to creativity? I know you've got so many of them. Do you have one you'd like to share? Uh, yeah, this is actually one of my favorite stories that I tell to my uh, students in my acting class. Um, but I think it relates to, to um, every area of creativity, you know, whatever it is that you're, you're pursuing. Um, I think one of the biggest um, hurdles uh, to get over as, as an artist in any field is um, getting in your own way and, and, and pushing for a result rather than finding a way to get out of the way and, and let the, the result come. Uh, and as an actor, that, that, that partially relates to, you know, learning how to, to just listen and respond in the moment. 
but the story I tell is um, when I was doing a play in New York uh, about 20 years ago, a little more than 20 years ago now, Dinner with Friends, which was really my big break there. Um, uh, or, or the biggest in, in a series of, of breaks that happened early in my career. Um, and, uh, it was a role that I really had to fight for, uh, because what, what I found out later is, is the producers wanted a name in the role and I was relatively unknown at the time, but the director and the writer, the director and the playwright wanted me, um, and uh, I ended up getting the role, but the other three actors in in the play had a lot more experience than I did, and a lot more sort of commercial cred uh, on on Broadway and off Broadway. And so I came into the rehearsal process just loaded for bear. You know, every day I was like, "I'm going to prove that I deserve to be here." And so I was making, working really hard, and making really strong choices every day. And Dan Sullivan, the director, um, would direct Lisa Emery and Julie White and Kevin Kilner and give them notes and really talk to them and give them a lot of feedback. And to me, he would just turn to me and sort of look at me quizzically and say, that's a, that's a really good choice. And I see what you're doing, but I don't think that's it. And that would be about all he would say to me. And I was losing my mind. I was like, help me. And, and convinced I was going to get fired because I clearly wasn't giving him what he wanted. And he wasn't telling me what he wanted. And he was telling everybody else what he wanted from them. And um, this went on for, throughout the entire rehearsal process and into previews out of town. And um, about the third or fourth night of previews. Uh, oh, uh, the other thing I should preface this story with is that I always had an issue when my father came to see my work because I would be really nervous because I knew he was in the audience. Um, and I'd always feel like he never got to see my performance. He only got to see the performance I gave when I was nervous because he was in the audience. So he'd never got to see what everybody else would see. Um, so we're in previews out of town and I was just really despondent. Um, and one night I thought back to class, to, to my acting class and to something that I had tried in acting class one day, the day that I really had my, my breakthrough in, in Uta Hagen's class. Um, and, and she sort of pointed at me and was like, you know, remember that, that lesson. And so I, this particular night I said, okay, you're in Stanford. There's no critics here who you're out of town. Nobody, you know, is going to be here. Who cares? Just don't do anything. Walk out on stage and do absolutely nothing and see what happens. Don't make any choice. Just say your first line and look at Lisa Emery, who's playing your wife and look at Kevin and Julie, who are playing your best friends and listen to them and then see what happens. If you, if you don't make any choices. And I, I went out thinking, well, this, this will be the nail in the coffin that does get me fired. 
And the show started and it was terrifying and I was shaking and didn't know how I got through to the end and um, got backstage and Dan Sullivan comes walking up to me and again has this quizzical look on his face. And I think he's going to say, what the hell were you doing out there? And he looked at me for a long time and then he said, um, yeah, yeah, I think um, I think that's it. And I thought to myself, you just you, you Matthew, don't know anything. You know, again, the process of just getting out of the way and letting the actual experience happen in front of an audience. And then the moment he said that, somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, excuse me, um, Mr. Arkin, your dad's here. Is it okay to let him backstage? And that was the night that he had come to see the show uh, because uh, I, I was married at the time. And, and my wife had said to he had said, I don't know when Matt wants me to come see the show. And, uh, and, and uh, Pamela said, just go. Don't wait for him to invite you. Don't tell him you're coming. Just go. So he had driven up to Stanford and just come to the show that night. And we went out to dinner. Uh, we went out for a bite to eat after the show. And in the middle of dinner, he put his knife and fork down and it felt like he'd always been a little bit like, oh, he quit practicing law to do this. He thought it would be easy, you know, blah, whatever. He put his knife and fork down and he looked at me, he said, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And oh. it was a, it was a big, it was a big moment for me. It was a, 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 a loop closing, you know, an affirmation and a, and a lesson all, all in one evening. I've never forgotten that night. Mm. Thank you. That's a beautiful gift of a story. Um, mm. So that was, that was a great time. Mm. And it's, but it's funny, you know, as, as an actor, and I think as any kind of artist, that is the lesson that you have to keep le learning every single time because when that works, you then want to, you want to replicate that. It's like, oh, I want that to happen again. But the only way to make it happen again is to stay the hell out of the way and let it happen again. You can't force it. Mm. I would imagine it's similar with a horse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the trainer says, you know, you ride the horse that's with you now. You ride the lesson or the event that's happening now, not what's happened previously or what you want to happen or yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So if you're going to tell people, if you're going to offer sort of a takeaway for that, um, for people listening, if they're in a creative endeavor of any kind, which might not be a professional artistic career or it might it'd be to sort of get out of your own way. Yeah. And let, let, and let go and 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 see where see where the experience takes you mm. rather than you control controlling the experience mm. it's a big lesson for life isn't it yeah we don't get to control <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. thank you um, so before we wrap up here, I just want to give you an opportunity to, uh, again, circle back to your projects. So if there's oh. um, anything else you'd like to tell us about your booze experiment, about um, 
about batch 22, or I know your book is published. My book um, is out there. Uh, it's on Amazon. It's called, um, what is it called? It's called in the country of the blind. Um, uh, and uh, it's a, it's a suspense thriller. Um, what else do I have going on? Um I have a screenplay that was just optioned a couple of months ago that we'll wait and see if uh, this producer is able to get any traction with that. It's a uh, environmental horror satire comedy, silly thing about monsters in Oklahoma, lava babies coming out of the rifts in the earth because of fracking and going on a rampage. Oh my goodness. It's very silly. <laughs> very, very silly. <laughs> um, I tried, actually tried to write something bad. <laughs> it's like, I want to write something bad. <laughs> then people seemed to like it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Again, getting out of the way, letting the experience getting, happen. Getting out of the way. <laughs> Well, it's something a therapist said to me way, way back when I was writing my novel and I was struggling. And I said, I just, I'm just so afraid that I might write, not write, I might write something that's not good. And he said, so write something bad. Go, just give yourself permission to write something bad. You know? Did that, did that help? Yeah. Because you probably won't, you know, you probably won't write something bad if you get out of the way. But at least, you know, at least you'll write something. Mm-hmm. Writing something's bad is better than not writing anything at all. And you have a um, a website also, so people can go there and find out what you're up to. And I'll put everything oh. in the show notes. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's just me. It's just my name, MatthewArkin.com. And through that, you can get mm-hmm. to my other website, which has more to do with my uh, teaching and coaching. I coach actors and I coach writers. Uh, so you, anybody can, can reach me through that. There's a contact contact button. And the, you know, the secret about contact buttons is those emails, they actually go directly to you. You know, <laughs> they, they don't go off to some, I don't have an assistant. Uh, I do have an assistant. I am my own assistant. Maybe that'll be the name of my autobiography. <laughs> That's another hat. I'll have my assistant get back to you. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> my assistant will get back to you soon. Hang on. Yeah. yeah. So if people hit contact, then they will, uh, they'll be able to reach you there from your, from your website. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And everyone should definitely check out drinkbatch22.com. Yes. If there are somebody who enjoys, um, enjoys a little bit of alcohol now and then, because there's something very exciting. And you were saying it's like a new taste profile is that correct yeah it's it's it was inspired by some of the eastern european um spirits like aquavit uh it was inspired by that but it is but i don't like aquavit personally um but this is a new twist on it uh we're calling it a new american aquavit it's very it's much more sippable it's much less harsh it's got a little more floral and citrus quality to it, but it's not like a gin either. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's a really nice thing to sip before or after dinner. And it's great in a whole bunch of different cocktail recipes. We've got a lot of recipes up on our website. 
We've got more recipes coming. And uh, aside from batch 22 gold, which is the original formulation, we will then eventually be rolling out a jalapeno cucumber, a vanilla rooibos, and a rosemary. Uh, so three other expressions of it that all start with the base liquor and then add those other flavors to it. And they're great in a, in a number of different cocktails. So it's really fun to play with. Um, one of my partners, uh, the partner who I went to college with when I was in, uh, when I graduated from college, he and I were going to drive cross country and that trip ended it ended up not happening. And for almost 40 years, we've been saying, we're going to take that trip cross country someday. Uh, so after I was vaccinated, I was back East with my mom during the pandemic. Uh, but when he and I were both vaccinated, he flew East in June and we loaded up the trunk of my car with 80 sample bottles of our booze. And we drove cross country and hit 16 cities and went to the best craft cocktail bar in each city and walked in. And within 20 minutes, we had the bartenders playing with all four of the flavors, making cocktails. Took us two and a half weeks. Then I had to check into rehab. And then when I got out of rehab into a liver detox, no, I mean, it was, but it was, it was two weeks. Uh, I mean, we Ubered every, we would get to our hotel, check in and then Uber to the bar. <laughs> it, it was a rough two and a half weeks. Let me tell you. Of, of cocktail creativity. Cocktail creativity every, and you couldn't, we couldn't just go say here, try our booze. We had to go walk in, strike up a conversation, try one of their cocktails and say, Hey, this is really good. Well, we've got this thing. We're starting to market. You want to taste it? You know, we had to, we had to wangle our way in there and it worked every time and they loved it every place we went, but it was, um, it was a serious two and a half weeks. And you it ended up finally got to, to take a road set. trip. Yeah. yeah. So we this is actually starting to feel like work. Like, <laughs> Oh my God, we have to go out to a bar again tonight and drink. <laughs> Can't we just stay in the hotel and watch TV? <laughs> Drink some water. Yeah. yeah. Some green tea, maybe. <laughs> just want TV, green tea, no, yeah. no craft cocktails. Yeah. That's so much fun. So for people listening, if um, if you want to play with a different kind of creativity, you can go to drinkfats22.com and discover a whole bunch of cocktail recipes. Yep. And perhaps News isn't um, available yet, but sign up for our newsletter and you'll find out when when we're rolling it out and when there are going to be tastings or and when it'll be available in your area. And maybe they'll go on another road trip. So yeah. you can <laughs> absolutely. So you can meet Matthew on the road with, with batch 22, which would be really fun. Yeah. That's great. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for joining me here today on the story and horse podcast. I've had a blast talking with you. It's me been too. way too it's so long. Great to catch up with you. Likewise. And, and for everybody listening, you can find Story and Horse on Facebook and Instagram at Story and Horse, and also on our website, www.storyandhorse.com. Thank you so much for joining us here today. And I hope you'll come back and listen to us for the next episode of Story and Horse podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks, Matthew. Thank you. Thanks for being with us today. Please help us spread the word by subscribing and sharing this podcast with friends. We look forward to you joining us for the next episode.